In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You are advised that any view expressed by the host or their guest are not necessarily the views of the owners or management of Toginet Radio, Togi Entertainment, or the Owners Group, Inc. Girlfriend, here is your show. Girlfriended, your chance to connect with other women, especially the woman that is most overlooked, yourself. Girlfriended is all about helping you become self-aware, not self-involved. The aim is to provide information that relates to life, which leads to real connections and results in a desire to connect or care for those in need. The Girlfriended principle was born out of loss. Patty's mother was murdered, and Lisa lost her mother to cancer. This forged a bond between them that nothing could shake. And now the women want to help you in more ways than you can count every day. From the website, GirlfriendIt.com, and the movement, GirlfriendIt, here are Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan on Toginet.com. Do obstacles in life deter you from attempting great things or things beyond your normal reach? We're Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan with GirlfriendIt.com. This is a great place to, to girlfriendify your life in all ways. And we are about providing a place for, for women to share their voice, ideas, challenges, and their inspirations. Let's ask another question. What would you attempt in life if there were no obstacles? Money is not an issue. Time is not an issue. Education is not an issue. There's no excuses. And we all know that obstacles and, and, and things come in your life that are inevitable. Some are anticipated and some aren't. Well, I have a great quote for that. Wanting something is not enough. You must hunger for it. Your motivation must be absolutely compelling in order to overcome the obstacles that will invariably come your way. Is that a quote by you? (laughs) Of course not. That's from Les Brown. Okay. (laughs) I thought it was really good. (laughs) You know what? And that is so true because so many times we, we just wish things into being or we think because we've talked about it and we have this desire, but I love that you must hunger for it. Because anytime you start anything or anytime you want to tackle something or reach for something that is beyond your normal grasp, so many times you're going to have so many obstacles or negative voices or things that will try to stop you. And if you don't have that hunger and that driving force, that driving force, you're going to stop and you're going to quit. And I, I like I like the term driving force because it's the opposite of sitting in neutral. I mean, you really do think of you have to be in there driving it because it's, as soon as you put it in neutral, you can really hear those those voices coming in. Well, I think neutral also becomes a safe zone for people because mm-hmm. I'll sit in neutral because that way I'm not going to get the heat and I'm not going to get beat up and I'm not going to um, have to step out of my comfort zone. So I'm just going to kind of play it safe and stay mm-hmm. in neutral. The problem with that is we never attempt anything beyond what we what we would normally do. So we never get to experience the high, we like to say the adrenaline rush that comes from going for something. Well, speaking of attempting something beyond your normal reach, we just went away this past weekend for a conference planning retreat for a thousand women. First of all, we've had an interesting week. We've had a crazy, crazy week. I love it. This was the highlight, was um, going up there this weekend and we had an incredible team that uh, we get together, and the cool thing about is that we have parameters that we set when we go up there and do these planning retreats. And what's so funny about when you say we had parameters, our parameters that we had no parameters because we were brainstorming, and we just said, okay, 
Anything goes. Anything's possible, even if we want helicopters to come flying in. Anything is possible. And then that kind of gets you out of neutral. It really does. And what was, what was so fun about this, going, when you go away and you plan, it was, what was really neat about this team of, of nine women was it was very multi-generational, and all different temperaments were sitting around as, as we were just talking and sharing. And everybody was accepting of everybody's ideas, even some of yours. <laughs> Well, yeah, one of my ideas was to go around the room and look to the person to your left and say one word that describes them, but that really bit me in the behindy. Yeah, and um, as I remember, I recall the gal that was sitting next to you when she couldn't wait for her turn to come to blurt out her words. She was quite excited about this little um, game that we were going to do. Yes, and what was the word she used for you? She looked at me and she said, inappropriate. But I do have to say, inappropriate, but then when it got to your turn, your seatmate looked to you and said, loving. Well, you know. I, and I, I looked at her and thought, wow, I must have really, I don't know how she got that. But you know what was so funny, though? Because the gal that said that you were inappropriate, Sherry, Sherry also qualified it by saying, how do you say things that the rest of us wish we could say? And you are not afraid to say that. And she goes, and I love that. So even though she said you're inappropriate, it was inappropriate with a nice twist to it. Well, I definitely, I was always told that um, God took the shame gene out of my body. (laughs) And I don't know if that's a compliment when people say that or uh, if I'm supposed to be offended by that. But you know what is so cool about that, though? Because that's one of the the many qualities that I absolutely love about you. And and I say that you're quirky. I I haven't really labeled it inappropriate because it's not inappropriate to me. But it's, it's that you are willing to say those things that other people think, and, and not, not crude or crass things. It's just ideas or thoughts that as women we have, but no one's willing to say that. And um, you can get away with it. That's what's so funny, because if I would say those words, people literally would look at me and go, okay, you are odd, and that is disgusting. Well, I, I think people, people do do that. No, but because you, you say it with a we, smile on your face. We, and you just <laughs> we had a, a great week, and that, that just was the icing on the cake to start out the week that way. And then we, we led into, um, like yesterday, we went to KTAR Studio. That's a, a local radio place here. And we were a able talk to, radio station. to listen to Austin Hill. And, of course, you couldn't pick a better day with all the buzz over the controversial health care reform and immigration issues here in Arizona. And it was so fun to sit there in the studios with their headphones on and, and watch Austin, you know, in action and just talk to, to the people there and, and meet and mingle and, and uh, kind of be on top of the buzz that was happening even in our own community. So then from there, we had to rush out of the studio and go to another meeting that we were very excited about, that we've been really um, anticipating and, and talking about for a few months. Yes, and we are just we are such strong advocates of this particular organization. It's Branded Phoenix, um, which is the and awareness, the awareness part of it, which also leads into yes, the streetlights, which is the facility for these gals who um, were just trying to eradicate child sex slavery. And to partner, to, to strategically partner with these guys is just so over and beyond anything that we would love to do because we're such strong advocates. We were already on the advisory board, and um, we just think it's such an incredible cause that so many women, well, I say women, but it's, it's men as well, we kind of have a blind eye to what's going on, not only here in Arizona, it's happening throughout the world, but the, that. Children are literally being raped for profit, and we have a tendency to think, oh, that's only happening somewhere else. 
but it, in our own community, it really is an issue. And, and what's been interesting is as we're seeing people, the community come together to tackle this issue to say, we really do have a problem here. And it's getting community leaders um, and like the vice squad officers and just people, ordinary people to go, we are not going to allow this to happen in our community anymore. And you wouldn't think that you look at a big city like Phoenix and you go, oh, that doesn't take place here. But we're one of the leading cities in the world for child sex trafficking and slavery. Well, and it was exciting yesterday. As we were sitting there, the gal came in that had um, been dealing with legislature and the John bill passed, which this bill um, states that if a John gets arrested, it goes from what normally is just been a misdemeanor to now it's... Um, a felon. A, fe a felon, and it's a federal offense, which unbelievable to me that it hadn't been. I mean, you you know, if you're smoking pot or driving under the influence, then it's a felon, but yet you can rape a child for profit, and it was just a slap on the hand. Exactly. That was insane when I found that out. Well, when we became aware of this issue several months ago, it was one of those things that because we are advocates and want to be advocates for women, and just not be afraid to go into those zones and tackle Injustice, and I know that's the word that's thrown out a lot, but this is one of the injustices that is near to our heart because it's affecting our children and it's affecting our teenagers and it's affecting mothers and families. And um, we can't just turn a blind eye to it. And so what was exciting was sitting around this table with Pat and, and Aubrey yesterday and just going, what if? And, and here's what we would like to do and here's the part what you guys are already doing, how you're already impacting and infiltrating and it was just really cool to see the possibilities emerge and to go, okay, we are going to make a difference. We're going to make a difference in this community, and we want to help other communities go, here's what you can do where you live, too. Exactly. So you are going to be hearing a lot about this. Um, we won't inundate it, it, it um, hopefully, too much, but you are going to hear snippets of what you can do. And then we went, uh, also, we have a friend in the hospital, our web designer from Nile We're Graphics. We're talking about our week and our day, right? Yes, we are, <laughs> how we had to rush around. And, and um, we got to see Mark. He has colon cancer. He had a surgery yesterday, which was... Um, and his wife, Brenda, has been on the air with us. Yes, Brenda was sharing her story. And Mark um, was able to uh, get out of surgery. The doctors were excited at, at the results. And so he's doing well. And, but through all that, what we realized is we were trying to prioritize what we could do, because at the beginning of the week, we got hit with all of a sudden girlfriends coming into town this week that... Um, that you want to see. There's so, many, there's so many people in life that just come into your life. You go, oh, I want to see. I want to spend time with. And yet, there's, you know, your time is so limited, so balancing all that. And um, earlier in the week, we, we have a, a group of girlfriends that we celebrate each other's birthdays. And it's always so hard to get it on the calendar. We, it always takes us almost two months to get a birthday on the calendar. And so this has been on the calendar for a yeah. while. And we, and, and actually what was sad is at the last moment, one of the gals couldn't make it because their son was sick. Yes. Yeah. But it was, so, it was so fun just to have a, a girlfriend birthday celebration and celebrate those things together. And um, we also actually had to, uh, you know, squeeze in the time to take advantage of the Starbucks free pastry offer. Exactly. <laughs> I don't know if anybody else gets those coupons or has their card registered, but Starbucks was having the free pastry. So we, we, we sat in, went and got our free pastry on our way um, to our to our next meeting. And so you have to add the little fun elements in there as you go, too. But we did feel bad because we had Jeannie, a girlfriend we met while in Peru last year. Um, she was visiting in town. And here we haven't seen her since we were going down the jungles of Am in the Amazon. 
And we had to say, no, we couldn't figure out a time. It just to never... coordinate our schedules. You know, it is so hard to balance life's demands with your heart's desire. And we want to do it all. We want to get everyone in and everything in. But there's a, there comes a point where you hope that people just will offer you grace. Um, and so we just want to put a question out right now. Where are you right now in balancing life's demands and keeping your sanity? Are you ready to call it quits or are you ready to bring it on? When we come back, we'll be talking with a woman who understands all of this. She's going to inform us, and we're going to walk out of here today just knowing how to live life, how to uh, accept all of these obstacles, and we're going to hear from Rosie. And how to thrive. So stay with us with Rosie. This is Girlfriended on Togginet. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. Critical thinking in the real world. What does it take to get ahead and stay ahead of the curve in this ever-changing world around us? Critical thinking in the real world with Janet Hens. Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Central on Togginet. Starting November 4th, Janet Hens is a college instructor, speaker, writer, wife, and mother of three young children. She also has her Master's of Arts in writing from Johns Hopkins University. Janet began her career working for a congressman on Capitol Hill, then moved over to lobbying when he retired. It was through these jobs that she learned about the power of grassroots initiatives, media relations, and public speaking. And then she honed these skills when she became a college instructor. Today, she artfully balances work with full-time motherhood. In the show, Critical Thinking in the Real World, Janet will discuss hot topics and the critical thinking necessary to assess them. Her passion for education impacts her daily life and she'll share that in every show. Critical thinking in the real world with Janet Hens Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Central starting November 4th on toginet.com Get ready to get busy with getting it done. Getting it done with Jill Staroshevsky. Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Central on toginet.com We'll be bringing you moms and dads who are getting it done. Parents who have a lot on their plate but still manage to go that extra mile to accomplish things that they have long dreamed of. Well, how do they do that? Well, that's what this is for. The goal is to educate, motivate, encourage, and support the multitasker in all of us. Whether it's that book that you've been meaning to write, that business that you've been hoping to start, that dish that you've been striving to master, getting it done is here to help make it happen. Motivating you to get started, encouraging you to keep going, providing tips and advice on how to keep the kids happy, healthy, and safe while getting it done and done well. Learn from fellow moms and dads who are getting it done and learn about yourself along the way. It's Jill Staroshevsky and Safety Mom Media bringing out the stars in all of us. It's Getting It Done with Jill Staroshevsky Wednesday nights at 9, 8 central on toginet.com. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio. A chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Okay, we are talking about our crazy life and how do we focus on what is important. Sometimes we need to quit a few things. Quit making excuses and get going. Quit holding back. Take the risk. Quit wondering and go find out. Well, you know, to quit is to give up sometimes. 
And we're going to be talking with Rosie, the recoverer. Rosie, fill us in on your heartbeat a little bit and, and where you are in this, with this whole challenge we're talking about today. Oh, hi, Patty. Hi, Lisa. Thanks for having me. Hi, Rosie. We are so excited to have you. Thanks. I'm excited to be here. Um, so uh, repeat the question for me just so I know exactly. There was a little bit of a buzz when you said So you're Rosie the Recoverer, and we're just talking about all these different, you know, obstacles and life's demands and balancing and when, when situations happen in life, and specifically with the economy and different things, how does one recover? How does one get past that and, and fit it all in and, and move forward in a positive way? Well, I'll tell you what, you know, I, when uh, my husband was laid off like 20 months ago and I did the whole denial, it's not going to, you know, no, there's really not a problem, it'll all work out. And then there came a point in the journey of recovery where I, I really did the whole, I've got to do something. I mean, I protect my kids, protect my home, protect my, you know, livelihood, my, our finances. I mean, I, think that women have this ability to really step up when they feel like their family is being threatened. And even though there wasn't, you know, it wasn't a person that was threatening me or my family, it was the economy, seriously, that was threatening. It was the fact that our, our you know, our livelihood was being slowly dwindled into nothing. And so, you know, there came a time when, when you really, women, I think women have an instinct uh, about when to step up and really take the bull by the horns and make it better and, and really save, uh, save their families from, from what, is, what is happening. It's kind of that fight or flight. Exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, I actually was able, there came a point again in our journey when I decided I'm the one that really has to take over the finances. I'm the one that has to get a job. I'm the one that has to get health care because we were on COBRA, which was costing a family of five, about $1,500 a month. Wow. Mm-hmm. Crazy amounts of money. So, you know, it, it wasn't something that um, I anticipated doing. It wasn't something that I planned on doing. You know, we all like to say we, we plan for the future. We, we know what we're going to do, and we've got everything all mapped out. Well, this economy blew everything all up, and we had to start over and really decide, you know, how we were going to make it through this, and not only just through it, but thrive in this environment. Mm-hmm. And now, Rosie, you write articles on other women that are dealing with this, correct? Exactly. I mean, it's, my journey was one thing. So my journey, you know, was about getting a job and uh, securing a job in one of the worst economic environments of our time. So I was able to do that because I had a strong network of other people I had been working with and for over the years. So I secured employment. And then I, you know, I looked around at me and I, I looked around at what uh, the other women in my network were doing, and so many of them were doing the same thing, whatever it took. I mean, it wasn't, we don't have, in my opinion anyway, a lot of women don't have that same idea that we have to keep doing the same thing we've always done for the same amount of money in the same way. You know, I, I looked around and saw all these other women that really stepped up and were creative and innovative in the way that they approached this economy and the way they approached the, the opportunities to earn income. And that, that is what is immobilizing for, for so many women because we do think that we have to go back and go into those traditional jobs. And I love that you looked around. I mean, your giftedness is in writing, I would assume. So you were creative, and and it's like, okay, I'm going to write about this, about what's going on in our economy. And I have this this network of girlfriends who are also um, having to step up and thrive. So I will write and tell tell their stories. And so many times um, 
We just need to be encouraged to go, what are you gifted at? What can you just focus in and love doing rather than going back and just being miserable um, at, you know, a, a job that maybe doesn't use your giftedness? Exactly. Or pointing a finger at somebody who's not. Like, you know, if we went into a marriage assuming that our husbands were going to be the major breadwinners forever, you know, there's no pointing fingers in this economy. It is all about who can step up. And, I, and I'll tell you that Rosie the, the Riveter was the inspiration, of course, for what I write about. And, and, you know, the women in the 40s during the war who stepped up and went to work in the in the in manufacturing. In a time Makeup of, industry and sewing, yes. Exactly. You know, they stepped up to earn income and to really help our country not only just survive the war but thrive after the war. And that was the beginning of women really entering the workplace. Mm-hmm. And now we make up over 50% of the workforce, which is really amazing. That just happened, actually, this this quarter. Okay, and you mentioned pointing the finger. I, I think that's, uh, that's a huge statement <laughs> because we are seeing, because so many women are, are stepping back into the workforce, and like you said, I, I actually think we've kind of become so affluent here in America. We're, we're a little bit borderline spoiled, and we don't think that we're entitled to, to go have to get a job, and you're also seeing the divorce rate go up. I, I just yesterday I was at my son's uh, track meet, and everybody around was talking about all the divorces that are taking place. And I don't know the statistics, maybe you do, but they said it's it's skyrocketing right now. Is, is, do you know anything about that? You know, I I don't, but I will tell you that um, the stress that this economy is putting on families again that whole pointing the finger at the spouse who isn't earning income right now at a time when you desperately need to have the income, but the jobs are not there. So, you know, it's easy to, to get bitter and to get frustrated and angry. And, and I, you know, to be truthful, these guys that are out there looking, the baby boomer generation of men who thought they'd go to work for a company for the rest of their lives, where's the next job for 20 years? That doesn't exist anymore. I mean, it's, it's all about... Um, what, what have you done for me lately and how adept and flexible you are. You're, making, you're remaking yourself every 15, 20 minutes, you know, just to be able to keep a job. So where's the loyalty? I mean, when you enter into a marriage, you expect there's a certain amount of loyalty. When you enter into a job, you expect there's a certain amount of loyalty that that company will have for you, and that's, that doesn't exist anymore. Mm-hmm. No, it really doesn't. It doesn't pay, you know, there's dividends anymore. And and so many times we need to let go of certain expectations that we've had and, and that we have really assumed were our rights and go, it is about thinking differently. And so many times you're seeing people and in the conversations you have, of they become the victim. And instead of like what you're saying, looking at this and going, okay, what can I add? What can I bring? How can I think differently? How can I use what's in my hand, basically, and what I know to think differently? And part of that is it's, kind of a cool challenge to go, I need to think differently and using it as an opportunity rather than using, looking at it as such a negative. Exactly. And I think that's where the whole, you know, Rosie the Recoverer came from. It, I, you know, looking around at all these uh, other families that were going through what we were going through and looking at the women who stepped up, and I thought this is an opportunity to celebrate these women, celebrate us for, for our strength. And just like Rosie the, the Riveter, you know, flexes her muscle. You know, we're, we're flexing our muscle in this economy. We're stepping up and we are being very innovative and creative in the way that we approach what's going on. And, and I really believe, again, that it's about looking at opportunities and being uh, not being a victim, but really looking at opportunities to 
uh, to capitalize almost on what's happening out there. And there are pockets, there, there are needs out there, there are gaps in the economy that are not being met, their needs are not being met. We, can, we need to step into those roles, we need to step into those opportunities and take advantage of it. Okay, so talking about those gaps, what, what are some of the gaps that you're seeing? Well, okay, so here's one. I, I keep real, uh, because I write for the, uh, I write under finance and economy, um, there's, in the healthcare industry, the IT area is huge right now because federal legislation requires that we, that, that doctor's offices, or they'll, they'll incentivize doctor's offices to, um, to put all of their, their uh, practice, put the practice online or put it, make it automated, which would be really nice, wouldn't it? I mean, aren't we all tired of mm-hmm. filling out the same form every time we walk into a doctor's yes. office? So wouldn't it be great if they all did this? Well, now there's some incentive to do that, but that there isn't the workforce to support it. So there's a huge need right now for people who have any kind of healthcare background to get back to, to training. And this is, again, the opportunity in this economy is to retool and retrain yourself for the best and, and then the upcoming, you know, opportunities in the economy. That one is going to be huge. We're going to see a ton of people who have any kind of healthcare background start to look at how can they retool themselves for the IT industry in healthcare. Wow. And that is a great um, bit of information, a great nugget to throw out there. What would you say to a woman who's, who's um, obviously you have a very positive attitude in life and you have that, I'm going to fight this, I'm going to go for it, I'm going to reinvent myself, I'm going to recreate, I'm not going to be the victim. And, but there's so many women who are, are going to go sit in neutral and are going to be discouraged and are going to allow um, the negative things around them to define them. What would you say to those women that are sitting there going, I don't even know how to get beyond because I'm, I'm in that paralyzed mental state? What, what, what would you advise them to go forward? What is the, a step they could take in, in moving to, toward the direction of thriving? So, uh, first of all, I'd say I know exactly what you're feeling because I was there for so long myself. I totally, you know, if you really, if you're in a position with your family where you're really being heavily hit by this economy, then you're probably going through a grief process, and that's Mm -hmm. real. You know, I I totally went through the grief process with my family and with this, you know, not wanting to, you know, totally in denial, the bargaining, this isn't real. Any minute now my husband's going to get a job, you know. So recognize, the first thing you have to do is recognize where you are in the grief process. Are you denying? Are you, you know, bargaining? Are you angry? I mean, I went through anger for months, believe me. And when we put the house up for sale, it was horrible because the house is, of course, you're, 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 it's a personification of yourself. Mm-hmm. So, you know, all of this is real and you need to acknowledge it and you need to wrap yourself with your friends. I mean, you know, when your husband isn't the one that's going to, you know, give you the kind of support, emotional or, or social support that you need, reach out to your girlfriends and look them in the eye and explain to them where you are. And I have really narrowed my uh, circle of friends to the people who know how to rally around me, even when I'm really difficult to be around, because that's real too, right? Well, I, I love that, Rosie. And we have 30 seconds left. And I just want to kind of capture some of the things you said, because you were giving so many tips here. And we're going to have you come in with us in the next segment to continue on this, but I love the part where you're saying don't point the finger, make sure that you're recognizing it and get out of denial, and then surround yourself with those girlfriends that are really going to help you out. So stay tuned, Rosie. We're going to have you right back.
This is Girlfriended on Togginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend It. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriend It Radio right after these. Inspiring women to be true to themselves. Get ready for Tracy Porter Radio on Toginet.com. 2 p.m. Central, Wednesdays, starting November 4th. Tracy Porter, lifestyle, home and fashion designer. Inspiring women from all over the world with their fashionably eclectic goods, savvy tips, style advice, and encouraging spirit. TracyPorter.com is home to her designer products and voice to thousands of women who flock to Tracy's daily blog for a daily dose of pure Tracy. And now she's coming to Toginet. All of Tracy's enchanting goods can be found at TracyPorter.com and her nationally sought-after mail catalog, Tracy Porter. Plus, you can find her here on Toginet. Tracy's awards, appearances, and accolades are too numerous to mention here. So, ladies, you've just got to come to be inspired, too. With Tracy Porter Radio, inspiring women to be true to themselves, to let their passions lead. Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Central, starting November 4th, on toginet.com. Get a jump on what your preschool kids need to know with Let's Get Ready for Kindergarten from Stacy Cannonberg. A mom told me this is the book I've been looking for. This book gives me all the information I need about what my kids need to know. And a private school admissions director said this is exactly what we test on. Google it, get it, and get ahead. Let's Get Ready for Kindergarten. Applauded and approved by parents and educators. Let's Get Ready for Kindergarten is a state-approved teaching tool. On sale now, in stores, or online at cedarvalleypublishing.com. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio, a chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Are you sitting in neutral? Are you ready to take the wheel in certain life situations? That's what we're talking about right now. And we have Rosie, the recover on the line, and Rosie's been talking with us and just giving us some great pointers. And as we left the last segment, she was just sharing with us ways that we can kick into the drive zone and, and take the wheel. And, Rosie, um, you were just sharing some thoughts about just how you, you just rallied your, your team around you of, of girlfriends and you, you just were ready to go forward. And we're talking about how, how can we encourage women who maybe are sitting in neutral right now. Do you want to just kind of finish those thoughts you were sharing with us? Sure. So, you know, once you get your girlfriends around you, you real you, a team of people that can help you to get to the next step, then you start looking at what kind of um, training, what kind of education, what, how can I elevate my skills? How can I use the skills that I've come with? I mean, and we totally underestimate ourselves all the time about what we really bring, but look at a skills assessment. Look at who you are, what you've done in the past. What are the things that constantly crop up in terms of what you've done in the past. And it doesn't have to be at work, right? It could be anything. It could be the way you volunteer. It could and, be Rosie, I have, I have to interrupt on yeah. that one because I think so many times we, we put that down and we might mention it that we beat ourselves up and we don't see our skills. Uh, I think that is huge. I think that right there is what's paralyzing women to not move forward because they feel so inadequate. I agree. And, and we do that to ourselves. We, yes. We, why do we do that? And And... <laughs> I don't know. How do you, Patty? Why would we do that? <laughs> why do we do that? I mean, Lisa and I, we have so much fun with um, just, we, we keep laughing that we're, you know, we're such the yahoos and it takes two of us to make one brain. 
And, and there, there are things that I get immobilized because I think, oh, I'm not nearly as good as how Lisa could do this. And we were just laughing this morning because she was talking about sending someone an email. She goes, I was waiting for you to send it um, because she felt immobilized and, and not adequate to send. And you go, why do we, we do that? And so on that point, how do you, how do you get out of that? Well, I think it's uh, one of the best things that I did is look at what, what I've done in the past. And everything from I started babysitting at the age of 11, right? Mm-hmm. What, did I, what did I learn on that job? What that did you're I, an overachiever. <laughs> what skills did I attain? You know, besides learning how to change diapers and, you know, learning how to, to be a mom, really. That's, that was your first, yes. uh, first step in, in learning how to be a mom, how to manage children, you know. And that, what, what, is that, what skills did I learn? And, and what kind of skills in every job, every volunteer activity you've done, everything you've done as a parent, what are the skills that keep cropping up? And, and maybe it's customer service. Maybe it's, um, you know, writing. Maybe it's, you know, whatever it is. What are the skills that keep propping up? And then look at those skills that you obviously have attained and you enjoy doing. These are the things. Love that. Mm-hmm. Looking at your experience and list them. Literally write, write them down. Sit down and go, this is what I'm good at. Because so many times we're so, we, we look at everybody else and go, man, they are fabulous at that. Well, it's not your typical resume. Because we think the resume is like, I, I learned this computer skill. I learned this. But it's like, what are your your resume of your life experiences that you can transform into a job. Exactly. And, and look beyond what you put in a resume. I mean, all the wonderful things that we've learned and all the aspects of our lives. We think that a resume has to be about our professional career, but our, our career has, is, is way broader than that. And no matter what you've done, you, you know, whether you're a stay-at-home mom or maybe you, know, you volunteered for an organization, Look at add that to your resume. Those are all part of who you are and what you bring to an employer. Yes, that that is awesome. You know what, um, Rosie? We are going to go ahead and put another guest to come on and share, so we can all chat about these ideas. And we are going to speak with Ellen St. George Godfrey. She's an entrepreneurial coach, and you can also find her on her own website, which is www.abilitysuccessgrowth.com. And Ellie, are you there? I am. Hello there. Hello, Ellie. We're so excited to have you on the show with Rosie. And we were just talking about how we, we beat ourselves up as women and we're not looking at the skills and, and um, the gifts that we bring to the table. Do you have any suggestions on this? I know that uh, you've also written uh, some, some books on the subject as well as, as being a life coach with, with women. So how can you help us out here? Well, I, uh, I, I haven't. I've written e-books, <laughs> um, so I want to be—I want to be really clear that that I haven't written something you can go to Barnes and Noble for yet. Um, but I do blog a lot on this, and I—I I work with—I I guess I work with entrepreneurs of all stripes. The women are really interesting, and I guess part of that is because I'm a woman, and I want to know how to be better at what I do. That doubt thing—I would say that I do 99% of my coaching around doubt. Um, doubt's a great business killer. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, you know, I was hearing Rosie talk about how to set up your, your resume, and I'm thinking, and how do you set up your business plan, you know, uh, as people go through? Um, there's a, a, great, a great term I got from one of my clients. Um, he calls it the chicken list. Okay. And the chicken list are the things you're trying to postpone, like phone calls that you're putting off, like you feel immobilized or inadequate to do. So you're totally reminding me of the chicken list. But as for tips, we all have a chicken list. We didn't know what it was called. 
Yes, oh, and you know we what? all do. I don't, hear, I don't note, care who you are. There's, you've got a chicken list somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we all have, it's that 80-20 rule that they yep. see so many times on our chicken list. There's 20% of the things that are those huge rocks that the priorities that we really should be focusing on. And if we would take a look at that 20%, we yeah. could go far. But instead, we complete the 80% list. We take those 80 things on the, you know, that are easy to get done during the day. And make us feel productive because we can do them. Yes, because we, we put a line in our little yellow sticky. But that yeah. 80% we didn't tackle because it's our chicken list. And what if we flipped it and did our chicken list first and then prioritize the, the rest of those things to just get them off our list. Well, you know, the, the thing with the chicken list, it is so intimidating. I mean, making that phone call, writing that email, um, writing up a proposal for that prospect that you have been really working hard to get, uh, and all this stuff is intimidating. My, what I suggest to people all the time is take the chicken list one item at a time. You can't overload yourself. You know that saying about how, how do you eat an elephant? Mm-hmm. eat it one bite at a time. Mm-hmm. So a lot of what I do with, with uh, my clients is we take the big goal. What's their vision? Where are they going with their business? And make it, make it smaller. What are, what are the smaller steps? How, how will you know you got there? So there's the measurement and there's the goal setting. So I'll, I'll back up to the goal setting. So with the goal setting, what you do is you go, okay, I want to raise my revenues by 25%. <clears throat> Given the economy... It may be a large goal, maybe just right. Who knows? It, you know, because each industry has its quirks. But to get there, to get to your goal, first step is to write down what you're going to do, and write down the specific thing you're going to do. Like maybe you're going to go to uh, one networking event each week, and you say, "Okay, I'm going to go to one networking event each week that focuses on my target market, whichever target market it might be." And then you say, "Okay, well." It's each week. Well, I can measure that. I either went or I didn't. It's easy to measure. And then you notice, okay, I'm getting more business cards. I'm getting better. I'm getting better prospects. More people who are really interested in what I do. And you start to be able to tweak. Okay, well, maybe the maybe one of my goals is not just going to a networking event, but you know, I need to practice my elevator pitch before I go. I get very nervous when I'm at a networking event. I get tongue-tied. I don't want to do that. I want people to think that my business rocks. So, okay, now one of my goals is I have to practice my elevator pitch before I go to the networking event. So you take that elephant of increasing your revenues and you go, okay, I'll make it smaller. Well, all right, I'm going to networking events. All right, now I've noticed I have to tweak what I do at the networking event because my skills don't match my passion. I'm getting nervous with the doubt thing again. And so you... What you do is you keep setting goals. You say, okay, I'm going to practice my elevator pitch for 15 minutes um, before I go to a networking event, and then I'm going to, before I actually walk in the room, I'm going to take a moment to take, to take a deep breath and say, what is it I really want to do? And so that when you walk in and somebody says, so what do you do? You spit it out like, oh, of course it's natural that I say this. Okay, Ellie, I love that. I think that is a huge tip. And we, we only we have two minutes here, and I want to go back to the elevator speech going into um, our next se- segment when sure. your uh, coworker and friend come come along, and uh, we can hear her heartbeat. But I also want to hear uh, Rosie just in the in the next couple of minutes. Can you just share because all those things you guys have given great tips? Can you give us just a scenario of someone who has 
has done that, Rosie, where they've seen, you know, they, they look at their experience, their life experience, they look at their giftedness, and then they've, they've gone there and been creative going back into the workforce. Oh, I've, well, there's tons of examples, but the one I love to share is Jessica Pierce, who owns her own business. She was doing consulting. Um, her husband got laid off. She is an amazing Rosie in that she really stepped up, not only for her family, but she stepped up in this economy to put together um, networking events for people who were laid off. And with, she teamed up with another partner. They, they put networking events on all the time, and, and about every other week. And she gets up there. She brings businesses in that have jobs, and believe me, they're hard to find. But she brings them in. She brings them resources. And these are all volunteers that come to these events who help people with their resumes. She, they help them with their um, with their their elevator speech. They help them with their um, interviewing skills. And she has lit up the valley with her her passion for helping people to get reemployed. And it has come back to her. Her consulting business is thriving right now. She's got tons of business because people recognize the talent and passion that she has for helping people get back to work. And you know what's so cool is we, we, we all know Jessica a little bit too is her heart is in the right place. It's like she, she heart was really to help people and to use her passion and it became a, a great income way source in the, in the process. So she was able to take her life experience and truly apply it in a creative way, like you're saying. And so many times when we focus on others and our, our whole goal is otherness, that happens. We become successful just by helping others become successful. Well, we want to thank you so much, Rosie, for being on the show. And we hate saying goodbye to you, but we're going to have to have you back on another time. And thank you once again for the, the tips on just looking at your life experiences, um, making a list of your giftedness, and we just so appreciate everything that you brought to the show today. Thanks for having me. And in coming up, um, Ellie, you're going to be having your co-author and, and a partner with you, uh, Chris, who's going to be, who is also a priority wellness coach. And you're guys going to be sharing some more tips with us as we come into and just tackle this issue of, of thriving in life and not allowing obstacles and challenges to define us. So we're excited just to hear both of you share with us and uh, kind of a point of view and and challenge us in our thinking with some action steps. So stay tuned. This is Girlfriended on Togginet. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. Being frugal doesn't mean being cheap, and the Frugalitarian is here to show you how. Jody Olson is the Frugalitarian on Togginet, 3 p.m. Central, Wednesdays. This is the art of great living. It's just a matter of time before people start asking you to tell them your secrets to better style, bargains on food, home decor, and clothing. Your wants don't have to change, just how you acquire what you want. 
On the Frugalitarian, it's an uncommon mix of style, fashion-savvy, and earth-friendly, showing you great taste, great style, and great ideas for finding everything you want for nearly nothing. I'm speaking from experience. I live on a beautiful farm where I take care of sheep and do a few light farm chores for extremely low rent. For more clever ideas on how to waste not and totally want not, go to thefrugalitarian.com. Join us every week for more information on how you can live better for less with Jody Olson. It's The Frugalitarian, Wednesdays at 3 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Celebrate Green is coming to Toginet, Wednesdays at noon central time, starting November 4th. The mother-daughter team of Lynn and Corey will have you going green and loving it at no time at all. As heard on Martha Stewart and Disney Radio and seen blogging for HGTV, Lynn Caldwell and Corey Caldwell-Lipsom are unapologetic evangelists for greening every aspect of life, especially holidays and celebrations. Based on their book, Celebrate Green, they're putting the meaning in the green with their simple, fun, eco-friendly, affordable ideas. From their start with green Halloween to tips, tricks, ideas, and projects for every holiday, you'll love Celebrate Green. You can check them out online, too, at CelebrateGreen.net and GreenHalloween.org for more information, the newsletter, the blogs, places to shop, cool extras, and so much more. So get ready to Celebrate Green, the radio show with Lynn and Corey, Wednesdays at noon central time, starting November 4th on Toginet.com. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio, a chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. We are continuing our conversations today with Ellie, who is an entrepreneurial coach and has been giving us just some great tips and challenging our thinking and uh, giving us some action steps that we can take and just thriving in life and thriving even through this economy in these times. And now we are adding another girlfriend of influence into our conversation. And this is Chris, who is actually a co-author with Ellie. And so we're excited to hear from two more girlfriends just how we can really thrive in life. So welcome, Chris. Is Chris with us? I guess not. Hey, Ellie, are you still with us? I'm still here, yes. Hey, well, you know, Ellie, you're, you're with us. <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm here, and, and I'll pretend I'm Chris, too. Okay, okay there we go. Can you wear two hats today? <laughs> Ellie, I wanted to go back onto the elevator speech because up until, I don't, I don't know, maybe I've just been out of the, the terminology, but up until just a couple years ago, I didn't even, I had never heard of the elevator speech, and to really, you know, have to sit down, and like you said, what do you say in that one minute to three minutes that someone can really truly know who you are and how you sell yourself? So help us in, in what would be a tip in writing that elevator speech? Well, I'm, I'm actually going to borrow from somebody who gave me great advice. Um, there is a, a wonderful consultant uh, of verbal branding. His name is Stephen Melanson. And his goal is to actually have people do five to ten second elevator pitches. Oh, wow. I know, I know. And you think, I can't do that. I can't say everything. And then then you realize you're not supposed to say everything. Mm -hmm. You can't say everything. So what you want to focus on is what is it that you truly bring to the table? Well, you know, for me, what I truly bring to the table for entrepreneurs is sanity and focus. Ah, I like that. Those are my two things. And because of my three keys coaching model, 
I use measurement quite a lot because, you know, when you're a business owner, you have to be able to go back and say, is this even working? You know, you don't want to, you don't want to be banging your head against the wall trying to sell, um, uh, say your company's into uh, children's toys and there's this plush doll that you think is the most adorable thing, but it's just not selling. And you bang your head against the wall so many times and you're like, you know, if it's not selling, I need to look at the, you need to look at the numbers. And also, are, is your confidence changing? You notice when you do walk into a situation, you go, oh, I can handle this. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, maybe six months before you were like, oh, terrified, I can't do this. Yeah. So, so the elevator pitch, try to aim for the five to five, even seven seconds. That's, that's like a good number. A seven second way of saying, what is it you, you bring that's so crucial to that person? So, they, so you know they're going to qualify you and you're going to qualify them. So and one that things- is really difficult because literally we've been in situations and we always laugh about it because one of the first times I, I met Patty, um, I was with her in a situation and we were, we were somewhere and they, they all knew each other, but I didn't know them. And this lady in the middle of a conversation looks to me and says, and who the heck are you? <laughs> it was one of those where it took me off guard and I kind of looked and I didn't really know how to answer that. And my answer was, I'm Patty's friend because that gave me credibility in the moment. <laughs> and it was one of those, okay, and, and make us realize really have to be ready for people to go, okay, who are you or what yeah. do you do? Yeah. 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 You really do have to be prepared for it. It's, it's really tough. It is tough. Um, and a lot of women are sole proprietors. So if we don't have the answer, we don't have a business development person to jump in and say, oh, this is what we do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, you're it's, it. You're um, near so, you have to explain sometimes. And so Lisa's mere existence was only three-second elevator speech of I'm Patty's <laughs> friend. Um, but so if, if we were to meet you, Ellie, what, what do, you, do you just say that? I, mine, I'm sanity and focus? I, yeah. Most of the time what I say is I, I coach entrepreneurs to stay sane and focused while running their businesses. Okay, that's great. It, it's really it's straightforward. And people go, oh, you know, you're needed. And I say, well, great. Um, and then the conversation will continue. Now, the, one of the things that Stephen Mellinson always comes back to, and I, I focus on this, and I've found this to be such a benefit for me, because elevator pitches don't come natural to me. What I found is that if, as long as I kept coming back to my central point, what is it, what is it that entrepreneurs, how do entrepreneurs get insane? You know, a lot of us wear a million hats. Mm-hmm. Um, we, and we also, we, this is, typical of women is that we feel like we need to be everything to everybody. Mm-hmm. And particularly when you're a, a new business owner, you really think, I should be everything to everybody. And then at the end of the day, you can't. Yeah, you there's a need emails, to trying to please that one and this one. And, and if you're a mom and a wife and a daughter at home, how do you have a million hats at work and then a million hats at home? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you just can't be done. So you distill what it is that's so special about your business. If in my business what I'm doing is I'm trying to help entrepreneurs stay sane, well, what is it that gets them freaked out? Well, you know, we sabotage ourselves. So I might talk about uh, in the stories at when somebody comes up and says, oh, so what do you do? And I do the initial five, seven-second feel, and they're curious. I start telling stories about how did people get stuck? Uh, maybe uh, I work with a lot of engineering types, men and women, and because of that, I, I work with people who are really analytical. I mean, they just and they're brilliant thinkers, so they're going off on different tangents. For some of them, it has to be all right. How do I build up my confidence 
so that when I make a decision, I can go with it. It's going to be okay, even though I might still have that little thing in the, my gut that goes, oh, I don't know if this is right. Go, you know what? I did all my research. I did everything I had to do. Let it go mm-hmm. instead of going over and over on the treadmill. And that is so hard because as women, we, we do. We, we hash over something. We go over and we beat it down. And we oh, yeah. tear ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of us are very, I think a lot of times people assume men are most, mostly analytical. But I can't tell you how many women I've met who are just fantastic thinkers. And they can look at every tangent. You just don't want to get stuck there. Mm-hmm. You know, at some point you say, okay. So I can tell a story about working with a CEO who, uh, who needed to stop analyzing so much because he was driving his, his team crazy. Or I can talk about the uh, woman who's a stockbroker stock who was in a toxic partnership and needed to get out of that so that her business could actually thrive. So she ended up going from being in a, a business partnership into a sole proprietorship and is doing extremely well. That's, and that's a huge transition. <laughs> it is a huge transition. There's grief involved, which is, you know, might be something that I, I would coach on. Uh, there might be the, uh, the anger. Mm-hmm. You know, um, my business partner is such a jerk. I can't believe, you know, he or she did X, Y, Z. All right, how do you get out of that thinking? Well, Change the thinking so you go, you know what, I don't have to be here. How do I prepare myself to get out? So how do you, like the gentleman who keeps overanalyzing, um, what, what would be something, you know, that you would, would help and coach him and guide him to quit analyzing? Well, what I would do is I would go back to the vision. What's the vision of the business? Why does that business exist? You go to the vision and then you say, okay, what do you want to accomplish with that vision? And, again, we're back to the goal setting. Mm-hmm. And then say, okay, how do you want to communicate if, if you have people that di- directly report to you? How do you want to communicate that? And what we did is we rehearsed the way he would actually use, say the words and know when to stop so that he could start to recognize in himself when he was tempted to go into another tangent and analyze more. And so that what we were doing partly was, also, was checking with your body because your body gives you all kinds of, of hints about when you're, when you're nervous, when you've gone overboard, when you're overwhelmed, when things are clicking and you're totally in flow, mm-hmm. our body's constantly giving us this information, which is terrific. Mm-hmm. So part of it is learning to tune in and say, I am having this, I, I want to, I'm feeling nervous and I feel like I want to know more information, but, this, but I know this isn't the right time. Do I need to take a deep breath? Maybe. I'm, I'm, that's, one of the, my, that's one of my basic uh, tips is take a breath. Take a deep breath. Take multiple deep breaths. It slows you down. Once you slow down, you can start thinking clearly again. I, I'm sure you've heard of that lizard brain. The the uh, at the base of your at the ba- at the base of your spine, where your spine hit, uh, bring, comes up to your skull, is a part of your brain that's very primitive, and that's your that's a lot of the emotions are down there. Hmm. And what can happen is that part can be extremely powerful and hijacks what's at the front of your brain. So, like, around where your temples are is, is where what they call the executive functioning of your brain. That's the part of you that does the planning, the thinking, the strategizing, the imagining. And your emotional part does a lot of the reacting. So when you're feeling overwhelmed by something good or bad in your business, you might go into more like a panic mode. Even if it's good, you might still go into a panic mode and let it hijack you. 
So that moment when someone says, what do you do when you're at a, when you're at a networking event? And you go, uh, 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 uh. <laughs> you've been hijacked. <laughs> yes. You know, because you've gotten nervous and you can't think anymore. It seems as you get older, you get hijacked even more often because there's so much in that lizard brain into your <laughs> computer brain. Isn't that interesting? I don't know if we've made our lives more complicated as we get older because we have more opportunities or not. It, research has said that we actually get better at it, but I know what you're saying anecdotally. I, it's, it's an interesting question about whether or not we're, we're doing it to ourselves or not. Yeah, it's like you're writing something and all of a sudden you're staring at the word of going, is that how you spell it? Is it really <laughs> O-F? Yeah. No, and, and yeah, someone will ask you a simple question or you'll forget someone's name and you, it, you just the more you think about it, you you cannot figure it out. Well, we yeah. have about a minute and thirty seconds here, Ali. We so appreciate you having having you on the show. And um, I just also want to talk about when you said your body gives you that information on you know, hey, what what's going on? Am I overanalyzing? So you really need to read your body. And I also think um, it's great to have someone that's going to hold you accountable. To say that to you, hey, you are overanalyzing this thing. You just need to take a breath mm-hmm. and, and calm down. And learning how to communicate that, because we only have a few seconds left. How do you communicate to somebody so they hear it and they don't get on the defense? And that, that's such a key to it, because you can see somebody that's really in angst over certain things, and yet they're not ready to hear what you want mm-hmm. to help them, and you're wanting to give them constructive you know, feedback, but there might not be there or the way we position it to them. So it goes into even learning temperaments and personalities and how how to deal with that and how to go in there. So, Ellie, we just want to thank you so much again just for joining us today. We'll have to have you back. And, oh, you know, people can reach you. They can go to our website at girlfriended.com and find you and talk to you. But this has been such a great show, and we are so glad that you have joined us today. So we want to challenge everyone to go and seize your day in a golden way. We're Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan, and this is Girlfriended.com. Thank you for being a part of this special program, Girlfriended, the show dedicated to the most important woman you know, yourself. 